From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast, a show featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland Timbers soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Tim Beers, I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Timbeers. We talk about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, doing pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. So, well, here we are. 1-2-2022, just after the new year. Year three of COVID. Year three of COVID, <laughs> yeah. Well, just the way it rolls, dude. So, yep, here we are. Omicron is striking, and uh, we're still alive, so. Yeah, here and we are. And you got your booster, right? Not yet. Oh, soon? Trying to get it, but, uh, you know, with the holiday stuff coming up that oh, yeah. uh, that we had, yeah. um, I didn't want to take the chance of not being able to do that stuff. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll hold off till after the, the new year, and then I'll get the booster. Well, I might know a place where you can get a booster. So. Uh, well. Yeah. Well, um, well, we got a great show lined up for today. Um, all sorts of good stuff coming at us. So we figured we would take the approach of, instead of doing the uh, typical uh, look back at 2021 show, um, we'll do a little bit of that with uh, some of the stuff that's in the news. Um, but I thought we'd uh, share an interview that we've yet to air that we uh, recorded from Fresh Hop, so something from 2021. Yes. Um, our famous bail breaker interview uh, that we've been teasing for a while with Kevin and Megan. So an Amazing interview. Amazing interview. So... We'll get up to that tonight. We also have some beer news to discuss, as well as we're going to do something fairly interesting on the show tonight. We've got uh, two beers we're drinking, um, only two, but uh, two of the small sample glasses um, have uh, a beer. It's the Sun River Cocoa Cow S'mores Edition, and then Yahat's Brewing's Cannon Fodder, which is a mixed culture Belgian dark ale. Um, out of, again, Yahats, Oregon. And so we're going to drink two just straight, and then we're going to smoke two with a cold infuser. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. Now, the, the question is, what kind of smoke are we going to smoke them with? Well, we get to choose. So uh, yeah. if we were live, I would say, hey, let's put it out to the fans to uh, vote. So <laughs> that ain't going to happen. It'd take weeks. Nope. Take, take way too long. So uh, we got choices of pear. I believe we have hickory, mesquite, and no, we don't have hickory. We have mesquite, pear, cottonwood, and there's a fourth one, and I'm not remembering what it was. Pecan? No, no. Peach? It was something weird. I thought cottonwood was pretty weird. Yeah, that one is weird. Well, so yeah, we got to figure out what to smoke, and so what? What do you think would complement the s'mores campfire? I don't know on that one. Maybe the mesquite. I think it's hickory and mesquite, and then I think it's pear and cottonwood. E- either that or the hickory. The hickory might go really good with the s'mores. Ooh, I don't know. That might be good. And then I'm thinking the pear with the mixed culture. Ooh, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, so yeah, we will come at you here shortly uh, as we sip the regular. We can't sip them all the way down, but then we're gonna go smoke these and. Um, and jump back. So let's give this. Well, let's talk a little bit about the interview with Kevin and Megan. So, yeah. So we went down to Fresh Hop in September. That was our uh, away days trip uh, for this year. So if we, now it's 2022. We've got to worry about uh, what our away day is going to look like for this year. Yeah. So it was actually our uh, away day for last year. Yeah. Now that we're already into this year. Yeah. Because we're supposed to go last 
Yeah, we were supposed to go 2020. We ended up right? going 2021. And a uh, great time. But part of the thing with Fresh Hop is all of these people descend upon Yakima, Washington. Beer connoisseurs, brewers, uh, hop buyers. Hop fanatics. Yeah, I mean, just this crazy amount of people fly into Yakima. And a lot of them are looking at buying futures for in hops for next year's crops, right. not the current crop. So uh, Kevin and Megan uh, hosted um, a couple shindigs at their place with a bell breaker there. Yep. And uh, we stopped in, and Kevin uh, agreed to meet us once again for an interview. So we had the chance to sit down with Kevin and learn about a little bit about what was going on with bell breaker in the last year, especially with COVID and what what was happening. So. Yeah. Also, uh, interesting stuff is uh, kind of what their future is. And so what are they looking at doing and, and growing? So enjoy the interview. But this is a look back at Bell Breaker 2021, recorded just before the Fresh Hop event. All right. It's Jason from the Timbers here. And we're over at Bell Breaker with Kevin and Megan. And um, again, it's probably been a year since I've been out here. Kevin and I sat on the back deck. It was much quieter. It was a lovely day. Um, there were hop vines all around us, and they're all plucked out now, so you guys are harvested. Um, but thanks for having us back. Appreciate it. It's a busy time of year for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We're very happy to have you guys back. Pretty busy. Our, uh, our original farm, Loftus Ranches, uh, that was founded in 1932. We finished picking this morning at 4.30 a.m. Uh, our new... Uh, farm that was started oh four or five harvests ago now down in Granger about 25 miles away they still got a few more days left so good luck with them that's been a real long harvest so, so the weather weather was weird so we had COVID shut everybody down you guys opened back up everybody survived and all of a sudden this weird wacky weather hit and I know it hit the hot farms like particularly rough right I mean there's some varietals that actually got hit pretty hard how'd you guys do yeah we're lucky um Megan's, Megan's dad, my father-in-law, for the last few decades has been working really hard on the soil health and the biology of the soil and making sure that's really healthy, uh, makes the plants healthier, makes them more uh, resistant to, you know, unforeseen things. So we were lucky on, on the farms. We've we've done very well. And actually, kind of right before harvest, it looked like the uh, yield might be, uh, you know, below below annual average or, or historic average, excuse me. Um, but we've actually been slowed down because we've had some such big yields. We've had to slow down the the picking machines to get the sorting on. So um, I think what you know, what uh, Pat, Megan's older older brother, who runs the farms now, Mike, and then um, our our head agronomist Sam have been doing with the with the health of the soil and just the health of the hot plants. You know, it it really uh, really paid off this year. Where yeah, there, there's some farms that were hurt. I mean, we were hitting. 115 plus in June, which is, is which is not heard of. We had an unseasonably cool spring, and then extreme heat, and then smoke, and all sorts of stuff. It was a it was a uh, it was a rough year, but um, quality's really good, and um, yield is is better than expected. So outstanding. Well, so I'm going to turn it over. Um, I had the pleasure of learning all about the brewery, but Gary and Tim, I'm sure, have a ton of questions, including the Seattle Tap Room. That's blood for their. Uh, tap room there so uh i'll hand this mic over to tim and gary so well first off just thank you for taking time holy crap you guys finished at 4 30 this morning every day has been a monday you guys must be exhausted because your go on this time what what do you average 60 70 hours a week between the fields and 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, luckily, we we don't have to do any of, of the picking ourselves. We ha- we we have a whole crew. I mean, the biggest thing for us is just uh, is just hosting all the breweries that are here. Um, you know, 2019 pre-COVID. I mean, it, it was it was probably three four hundred breweries would come through here, um, and so it's just a. A lot of tours, a lot of Saturdays, a lot of Sundays. Nothing like what the farm goes through. I'm not trying to say that. The the farm and the farm workers go 24-7 from the day we start. Two shifts, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., 24-7 till the first hop is picked, till the last hop is picked. So, you know, us having to go out and have beers with our friends from BrewDog or Stone <laughs> or, you know, Lagunitas or something like that is not, you know, is not, we're not, but it still gets... A of, uh, not a lot of sleep. Was that some name drop in there? Did he just like rattled them like, uh, I worship all those guys. <laughs> Thank you for taking time to deal with these two idiots and then their mascots. So. That'll get edited. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I just got fired. So one of, the, one of the things that you brought up earlier was the, the soil which I think is, is crucial in a lot of things across the board, but you're bringing that up in the hop settlement. Can you explain a little bit more about that and, and if that's always been in the picture or if that's something that you guys have realized, hey, the world is changing, we need healthier crops, we need to start paying attention to this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so Mike, I don't know, he... he... I mean, I doubt he's going to hear this, so I can probably say whatever I want. But uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it was probably 25, 30 years ago he really started working on it. He came into the industry in the 70s um, when his grandfather passed away, and, and he took over the farm. And at that time, you know, he's, he's told me before that, you know, there was kind of more growing by chemicals or whatever for lack of a better term like a lot of fertilizers and other stuff used uh, and that was depleting the nutrients of the soil and to his credit he was uh, he was one of the first farms not the first farm you know in this area at least hot farm to start trying to put those nutrients back in the soil uh, and I remember when Megan and I started dating wow close to 20 years ago now wow. uh, when I first came to Yakima and, and was riding around in the truck with him I was like, well, besides the, our signs are white backing with red letters, which is why our Field 41 is, is colored the way it is. When I first came here, he said, well, you can pretty much know which field is the Loftus Ranches field because it's the only one that has a cover crop grown down the middle of the row. So anything that you see green down the middle of, that's ours. And that was like the start of, uh, of, the, um, of that biology. And, yeah, so it's a mix of, like, grasses and legumes and other stuff and then they till it back in the soil and then that decomposes and it you know there's certain you know components they're trying to get like nitrogen carbon and all this other stuff back into the soil to to get that biology like back in the soil and make that that soil very healthy so question on that so are are those crops growing simultaneously or is it yeah so it yeah, no. Well, I mean, we, we will grow it after after they'll... Um, Field 41 just got picked yesterday. And so if you go out in the parking lot and look, they have now rotivated the, the um, in between the rows. So it looks like dirt, but that was grass when they were okay. picking it yesterday or whatever other cover crops. And Sam, our, our lead agronomist, 
uh, or what, what do I call them? Director of Agronomy. I don't know what his actual <laughs> term is, uh, or title is, but they, they have now tilled that through. Then they're going to come through and seed it, and then we're going to water it again. I, I'm fascinated. We were, just drove up from Portland. So can you explain real short, and this will probably get edited too, but like... <laughs> What is it, as we find new variants of hops that come on board and try and, you know, trying to stay ahead of the curve, do you guys, like, have a, can you replant a field and switch to Citra all of a sudden when Citra was the rage, or once it's Holliter, is it all of it's Holliter, etc.? Oh, we'd never plant that, but I get what you're saying. Uh, we'd plant Citra for sure. Sorry, I didn't uh, mean to insult you. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Yes, no, you can replant fields. Uh, okay. So the, the everything that you see above ground on a hop is, is an annual. Whether we pick it or not, it's going to die. Um, and then what's ever below ground, that like root ball and stuff, it goes dormant in the winter, but then in the spring when it warms up, new, new vines will shoot up and grow whether we cut it down or not. So they're actually really hard to get rid of. But we do, the major reason why we like change varieties in the field now is because of us brewers you know now i mean cascade has dropped and citra's gone up and mosaic's gone up and, and simcoe's gone up and you know we're pulling out certain varieties and putting in other ones uh, for sure so you can do that yeah so my wife would tell you uh they are very aggressive i have cascade centennial mount hood growing in the backyard and she constantly is complaining about the condition of the backyard so um, and just pulling rhizomes out and just throwing them onto a heap and i'm like what are you doing so um so uh you had a hazy win 2020 uh for gabba won yep. a silver medal so how'd you guys do this year uh, we did not win any this year, unfortunately. But yeah, AZL uh, won silver last year, which was pretty good because we had awesome. that was our first year that we had that we had launched the AZL. So, uh, and it was our first GABF medal. So, we were stoked. We had lots of friends that won medals, which is which is always good. And and the state of Washington. Um, won more medals uh, than they than they have to date, so that's awesome. State of Washington is awesome, and then North American Brewers Awards. Uh, we did not submit anything. Did you guys not submit anything? Okay, no. so we're talking about next year. Our road trip might be that Twin Falls trip, just to try it out. So I've I've heard it's like absolute anarchy down there. That's what so I heard. I heard, <laughs> I heard hotels and rooms are already booked out, and it's crazy. And it, it is Twin Falls. It's small, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up in I grew up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So yeah, I definitely. We played some some sporting tournaments in, in Twin Falls. Uh, it was not that crazy then, but apparently times have changed. So, talk to me about what you guys are bringing to the Fresh Hop Ale Festival. So, we came in this year for Fresh Hop Ale Festival. Megan's just smiling. She's like, "No, I'm good." So, I've got a question for you in a second. Everyone, so, everyone says I'm the face for radio, and she's the the face for video. So, I guess she's making me do this. I've got a softball for you here in a second. So, so uh, what do you guys bring to the Ale Festival? Again, a ton of people in town for this thing. Yeah, we're bringing our citrus liquor, um, which is a past winner of the um, Fresh Hop Ale Festival contest. We're bringing uh, Piled High, our Imperial Wet Hop. That beer we brewed every year since 2012, since we were brewing on our Sapco Brew Magic in the milk house at the at the farm. That's the story. And so that one's that one's won three times, I think. No. And then uh, we'll be bringing Homegrown. So we started growing barley. Love uh, series. Three three seasons ago, this is our third harvest. 
Uh, barley was a little rougher uh, because of uh, the weather, but um, that's 100% our grain, 100% our hops, so that's a fun one to, to do. So that's a Simcoe wet hop. Uh, Piled High also uses Simcoe, Citrus Slickers, Citra, and then we're going to bring... Oh, that's but then all. on top we have here at the Oh yeah, I'm not sure that might get edited out if I say. No, that. you're totally uh, fine. <laughs> Jump on it. But then we got we got a wet hop here called Laurel Fixation. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. What's the other one? Yeah. Oh, Kavik it till you make it, and that's a uh, that's a Kavik strain wet hop with citra probably. I think you were eyeballing that, right? I was, that's oh. my next. Yeah, that's your next. So, good. So, all right, collabs are the big thing right now. Everybody's doing collabs. It's like the popular thing. You guys got anything in the works? What have you done? What are you thinking about? Uh, yeah, so Citrus Liquor is a collab we've done uh, since 2016 with Steve Luke at Cloudburst. Uh, it was. It started as Citrus Liquor with a lesion in 2014 with Dick Cantwell and Steve Luke, and it was our first collab we've we'd ever done. Wow! This year we also did a collab with uh, Hidden Mother, which is a is a really cool brewery out of Spokane. Um, we did uh, on Tuesday. My brother-in-law Kevin and I were in Ballard, and we brewed an Idaho Seven Wet Hop with Stoop. Yeah. Um, we did a two beers collab here. Oh yeah, Future Primitive. Uh, Kevin Watson, who at the time we were talking about the Wet Hop collab that ended up being Citrus Liquor, it was Kevin Watson. Kevin Smith, my brother-in-law, and Kevin, myself, were talking about it. So the three of us were going to brew it. Well, that didn't happen for whatever reason. Watson couldn't come, so it was Dick Campbell and Steve Luke. And then so this year, finally, we were like, we got to do the three Kevins brew. So uh, he now has a brewery uh, in White Center. Yeah. Yeah, um, called Future Primitive. They make great beer. Kevin Watson's an awesome brewer. So uh, future collabs, any ideas? So... Um, Three ways a big thing down in the Oregon area, right? Mm-hmm. So Fort George is their big huge invite with mm-hmm. everybody. I know Chris down at Varietal had his three way this year, so yeah. woo, Chris got a three way. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so I'm sure he'll get a chuckle out of that. So interested in something like that? Um, do you see any future collabs that you have eyeballed? Yeah, we have a we have a series that we were going to start in 2020 called Friends, F-R-E-N-Z, and we brewed a collab with Georgetown a number of years ago, Oh and we called it Friends, and um, and so we were going to launch that as a series last year, but COVID kind, of, uh, COVID kind of screwed that up. We did release our first Friends in January or February of this year, and we brewed it with our buddies at uh, Pint House in Austin, Texas. Uh, well, if any of you guys can get your hands on that beer, you should, because that thing is is not a beer factory. It's a factory that just makes JBF metals. Wow. Uh, and uh, Joe and, and his team are all awesome brewers and, and good dudes, and we have now like a seven, eight-year-long uh, uh, prank going back and forth and his uh, Pine House's last one when they were here a couple weeks ago selecting hops was uh, the night before we found out they distracted our two bartenders that were closing up and they took a six pack of Hazy L out and they took five Hazy L's out of it and put five Georgetown Lucille's in it (laughs) ripped off the back of it put it in the put it back in the can cooler 
and then we were literally standing in front of the cooler the next day and then they left to go back to Seattle and one of our regulars comes in and he's a big AZL fan it's literally like the first sale of the day he goes up grabs the AZL six pack pulls it and five Lucille's fall out of it onto the ground and everyone's like what wow, the heck and, Me- and Megan looks at me and I was already texting Joe I was like wow Lucille's in the um, in the AZL six pack like that was well played and then they sent back like a video of them all like cheering in the in the van driving back to SeaTac fantastic all sort of ass hattery going on yeah. it actually reminds me of the Christmas party we had with some friends where I actually went back to my house took pictures okay. of me and put them in their family portraits along their house during their Christmas party. Oh, nice. And so several months later, my picture's in their family yeah. portraits in their hallway. So. Yeah. And I'm part of their that's, family. That's well played. So. Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys can do something like that at Georgetown, yeah. I'm sure. So Yeah. I appreciate that kind of effort. All right. So one of the things, last time I was here, barrel program, um, you guys are known for hops. You guys are known for hoppy beers. Where I'm drinking a ton of fresh hop stuff going on here. Um, but... Last time we went to your barrel room, um, we actually just cracked uh, one of the Belgian-inspired beers that you guys did. It holds up well. But that barrel-age stuff you've got going on is nuts. What do you have going on with barrel stuff? Yeah, we're going to do a release here probably around November. Uh, there's Well, there's a shortage of everything going on at different points, and yeah. apparently now it's hit the 750-milliliter bottle Fantastic. Um, size. So we were supposed to get some like last month, uh, but... We haven't uh, we haven't received it yet, but we have uh, the whiskey barrel aged beers coming out. Um, we're hoping before Thanksgiving there will be uh, dormancy, which is our which is our oatmeal and coffee stout um, aged in Jameson whiskey barrels, and then we'll have um, incoherency, which is a, a blonde stout that we do aged in Jameson barrels, and then we will have wooden wire, right, Mason? Uh, Wooden Wire, which is our Imperial Stout, which has actually won a couple medals and we've never actually released it publicly, Um, Mm. but it's really good, and that'll be available. All those will be available in 750 uh, milliliter wax dip uh, bottles. Fantastic. Um, I had a couple unmarked bottles that were unlabeled that you guys had had done. You're like, I'm not sure how these are good to go. Again, everything was fantastic. Check out uh, Bill Breaker's Barrel Age program. So they're known for their hoppy beers. They're known for sending that stuff out. The thing that we didn't cover, ask these guys to cover, is the Seattle Tap House. So well, you didn't give me a minute. Give me the damn mic. <laughs> hey Jim, you and Jerry are gonna lead this interview. So Seattle, <laughs> that'll get edited out. <laughs> so Seattle Tap Room. Where? New thing. Where's Where is is that? What are you guys doing? Yeah. So it's eight two six. Uh, Northwest 49th Street in Ballard. It's on 49th Street in between uh, 8th and 9th. Uh, so away from the stadiums. Yeah, yeah. So it's like in, we're like in the south uh, east side of the Ballard Brewery District. We're like four blocks away from like Stoop and Urban Family. We're not too far away from Rubens. If you guys know where, uh, if you guys know where, uh, Fremont's production facility yep. is on Leary Way. We're literally the next block up, like from our outdoor space. You can see Fremont's production facility. Yep. So our uh, our namesake is the Portland Tim Beers, obviously after uh, the team that we like, and yep. uh, this was going to be a natural thing. You know that. So yeah, yeah. So you guys recently are the beer of the Seattle Sounders, or a beer that served the Seattle Sounders matches? Uh, yeah, we've we've been lucky to have a partnership with uh, what was Quest Field, which is now Lumen Field for okay. a long time, um, and we have since started kind of 
outside of the beer thing, or I guess everything's a beer thing because we're a brewery, but we're working with their um, their foundation arm called the Rave Foundation, and they have a uh, initiative that, that we think is great, and that throughout the state of Washington, they're raising money to put in soccer fields in public schools. Most of them, you know, um, are kind of the under more underfunded schools, and so their first um, small pitch is what they call it that's going in. Uh, east of the Cascades okay. is here in Yakima at uh, Barge Lincoln Elementary, and so um, we we love soccer. Uh, we're big fans of just supporting the community and giving back, and, and being able to take um, the brewery and, and what we can to kind of help the community of Yakima. And so when they approached us about like having an event to raise money and awareness for what they're doing, and just trying to grow the the fan base here, east east of the um, east of the Cascades, and and really give back to the elementary school kids of, of Yakima. We were, we were all for it. So great link. I hate that club, but that being said, <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome stuff you guys are doing. Uh, you guys talked about supporting Seattle Seahawks last time I was here, and you were at Lumen and doing your thing. This is a natural fit for you guys. Um, we talked about how to increase beer, like your presence in that market. Great way to do it. Great, great supporters group for their team. So, uh, but that being said, um, I, I, I love fuck Seattle. <laughs> yeah, so, that being said, that'll be edited. That'll be edited. That won't be edited. So. <laughs> So, it's all good. Yeah, so that being said, um, soccer is a wonderful community, so uh, we need better beer at soccer stadiums. Um, it's part of the tradition, and I love seeing Bell Breaker. When I go to Seattle matches, yeah. it's there, so that's cool. All right, well, you guys have been more than generous. I have one question for Megan. I'm going to pitch a softball. But I got a softball. No, you're done. Okay. <laughs> so, so Bell Breaker, um, you have a logo on the side of the hat. I know we covered this last time, but for any new listeners that are out there, Talk about the logo. Talk about your space here. I talk about this as like Field of Dreams type stuff. You come into the hop field, and it's kind of like you're in the middle, and you've got this little mecca of a place. Talk to me about what that is. I mean, I grew up just down the road from here, so um, to me, this is home. Um, And to be able to share what we've done for four generations in my family with now beer drinkers and showing them what what hops mean to us and mean to my family um, is uh, so special. I mean, I grew up with my house surrounded by hops, so it's really cool to now have my place of work surrounded by hops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the logo is uh, something we worked really hard on before we opened to just make something simple and iconic, could really stand alone. Um, but we have like a subtle nod to Field 41 in the logo. Um, so a lot of people don't even notice it. I actually just had one of um, our farm managers who I've known since I was a kid just say the other day I didn't realize there was a 41 in the logo <laughs> um, but it's yeah, just a very subtle nod our, our brewery is surrounded on three sides by field 41 so it's beautiful my wife I brought a hat back I got from the last interview yeah. and my wife wears that hat stand up pedal boarding yeah. and she had no idea what the 41 meant I was able to tell her that story and like she sees that and a, she loves the cut of the hat. I'm like, all right. It wasn't the guy that picked the cut of that hat, or maybe it was. But that being said, the 41 is very subtle, and uh, again, awesome, awesome logo. So Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you guys have been awesome. Uh, Tim, you got any final things I need to edit out? <laughs> so we, we talked two things. 
first we talked about collabs earlier, and Jason wouldn't let me in, introduce. You dropped a lot of big names that got us all salivating. But if there was still a collab you haven't done, where would it be, or who would it be with, and would it be a home and away? Like you get to go there, Sierra Nevada. Or just, <laughs> uh, we've actually done a collab with Russian uh, River. Yeah, uh, Russian River. Vinny and uh, Natalie have been getting have been getting hops off. Uh, Loftus Ranches for a long time uh, and we've become good friends with them they actually stay at our house when they when they come to do hop selection now so we've uh, we have not done that collab I mean maybe it'll just be really small I don't know but yeah we got it I mean Vinny was kind of like uh, our our kind of mentor idol growing up or growing up growing up in the beer industry I guess um, but you know, we've we've been able to do collabs with a lot of great breweries because uh, for a lot of generations, the the family hop farm has been growing really kick-ass hops, and so lots of great breweries get hops from our farm, and we're super fortunate in that. Um, but uh, it definitely would be great to to do one with Russian River, which yeah. I'm sure we will at some point. Okay, good. That was that's a cool story. All right, Paul, final question. You can edit this out, too. As a spouse, but you've grown up in this industry, is there a favorite time of year? This is must be breakneck, because he's trying to brew as much as he can and have some part maybe in the involvement with the hops and hosting. When is your favorite time to be a, a spouse? I, well, I think... Uh, Meg, she's, Meg, oh. she's in the ownership. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's, she's in, yeah, in the ownership. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean... I'll give it to Megan after this, but I mean, she does probably more yeah. than Kevin and I do combined. But uh, um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of work, we, and we share it all. And so I don't think he didn't catch which spouse I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, my personal favorite time of the year is this time of the year, even though we're exhausted, we're tired, yeah. we're working so hard. But I just love waking up every day and just smelling the hops in the air. I mean, we literally smell when we change a variety. It's like. You can just tell, like, the smell is different today, so we obviously are, you know, uh, drying something else. Um, so this is definitely my favorite time of the year, although I would be remiss to say that, like, the day after harvest is all, and, like, all of this day is done. Fresh the day after fresh hop is yeah. also my favorite time of the year, because, like, my mom always said as a kid, like, the day after Christmas, she was just like, thank God that's over. It's kind of like that with us. <laughs> yeah, those of us that have kids know that feeling, right? So it's yeah. one of those things you get after Christmas, you're like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> family's leaving, yeah. kids have opened their presents, this thing's done. They can take down the decorations, yeah. like all of yeah. that. So um, you guys have been awesome. So thank you so much. And, yeah, thank uh, you guys. Great to see you again. Yeah, absolutely. Great seeing you. Um, again, you guys check out Bell Breaker. Um, awesome location. I've bragged about this location many times. Um, set in the middle of a hop field. Perfectly cut. We look forward to seeing you guys at Fresh Hop. Trying your guys' uh, stuff at the Ale Fest. Yeah, and we do distribute throughout Oregon, too. So <laughs> We talked your... about you had a Portland yeah. guy at yeah. one point, right? Yes, you still have him? Do. Yeah. Danny? Yeah, yeah. Danny, Danny? Danny Mac Gibbon. Yeah, Danny yeah. Mac. Uh, he's out there slinging, slinging the beer all throughout uh, Oregon. So you can look for it in uh, in grocery stores and tap rooms and, and uh, all throughout. Yeah, listeners, John's uh, Market. I was at John's the, about a week ago, and Bale Breaker stuff sitting front and center. Up, they've got perfect 
perfect shelf space. So, and not only do they get all of our core beers, but they do get like our our Imperial Hazy series, which is called Clarity Rarity. That always gets sent down um, into the Oregon market. Our Homegrown series also always gets sent down to the Oregon market, and um, our three major uh, wet hop beers: the Piled High, Citrus Slicker, and uh, Homegrown are also going to be... Now, if I can get limited barrel release down there every once in a while, they do. that would be good, we do. Too. We I haven't seen that, so, yeah. okay. Yeah, they must well, sell out before I snag it. Yeah, but. we, yeah, we got to get Danny Mack on that. Come on, Danny, Danny. All right, guys, take care, and uh, again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank All you. Right, Cheers, guys. All right, we're back with smoked beers. Oh, yes. <laughs> this was a uh, interesting uh, science experiment. We'll get to that. So huge thanks to Kevin and Megan. Um, awesome interview. I forgot how good that interview was. Um, Tim, I did not edit you out, even though I said it twice. No. I was going to. It had to make the show, though, because it just makes it that much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, awesome. If you guys get a chance and you go to Yakima, um, you got to stop in a bill breaker. So awesome, awesome. Great place. Setting, cutting the hop fields there. They're actually cutting down hop vines as we were there. Um, but yeah, beautiful, beautiful place and fantastic beer. And, and definitely, Kevin pays attention to quality, so yes. everything is quality, quality, quality. And they'll chuck beer if it doesn't meet the quality spec. So, which is amazing. Yep. And then, uh, as much as we hate Seattle, um, we got to go up to Seattle <laughs> and check out some <laughs> of check those out their uh, room. those breweries up there. Uh, Rubens is down the street from them, um, but I think it'd be fun to stop on a bell breaker there and then go over to Rubens and some of those. So. All right. Well, so back to our science experiment. We tried a cocoa cow, a part of their herd mentality series, the s'mores stout. Yeah. And then we also have the cannon fodder, a mixed culture Belgian dark ale by Yahats Brewing. And um, then what we did was we kept two normal and um, have two, two samples uh, that we smoked. One with cherry wood. Yep, and that was the uh, s'mores stout. So s'mores has been cold smoked with cherry wood by us, and um, it is ridiculous. <laughs> so. so I want you guys to picture sitting by a campfire, or sitting by your home fire, or whatever. You put that marshmallow on the end of the stick, usually a willow stick, if you're out in the woods. You stick it in the fire, you get it all nice and roasty, toasty, it catches fire, you pull it out real quick, you blow it off, you got that little black char on the outside of your marshmallow now. Now, imagine peeling that off, putting it in your mouth, now think of that taste. That's exactly what this beer tastes like. Yeah, it's interesting, the s'more stout, it's got cocoa nibs, lactose, it's their traditional milk chocolate stout that they've won awards with. With a little bit of graham and maybe a little bit of a marshmallow note, kind of yeah. some sweetness. And then, so we cold smoked it with cherry wood. <laughs> um, and it does. It tastes, it adds that charred effect. Just like a charred campfire marshmallow. Campfire smell. It's and crazy. So good. So, I don't know. We might have to patent that. because We that, might have to. Because <laughs> that's or, pretty damn good. Or do a collab. I, I can't imagine using my little smoker gun, though, uh, <laughs> that I have. So. <laughs> Doing a shit ton of beer that way, but well, you'd have to like modify it, and, like make a bigger smoker again somehow. <laughs> Pump it in through the top of their fermenters. We're gonna need a bigger fire. We're definitely <laughs> gonna need a bigger fire and a lot more cherry wood if we're doing that. A lot more. But it's amazing because just as you talked about, I thought that just smoking it would be just the top layers, 
and it's all the way through the glass. All the way through the glass. It's kind of impressive. A couple minutes of smoke on it. So. Yeah. All right. And then we have the uh, cannon fodder here. So cannon fodder, Belgian dark ale mixed uh, culture. It's got lacto, I believe, and bread. It's uh, it's a zinger. It's a zinger. It's got craziness in it. We smoked that with... Smoked it with pear. Pearwood. Uh, pearwood. And... Uh, and it did some interesting stuff. It did. Uh, the init- the unsmoked beer does the typical beer thing, or uh, typical uh, sour or mixed culture thing to you. You drink it, you're waiting for it, and all of a sudden your muscles clench in your jaw, and you're like, oh, wow, there it is. Well, the smoked version of that... Um, you don't get that. It's balanced. It's really smooth. It kind of takes out some of that uh, initial punch of the sour and then levels it out, which is really kind of impressive. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a kind of a weird smoky taste to it, but it definitely gets rid of it. kind of mellows it from hitting too many highs and all that. So interesting. I don't. I don't feel like it was as robust as the s'more stout. Maybe that's because of the chocolate and the sweetness with the cherry yeah, wood. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the maybe pear smoke uh, or pear wood is just a little more mellow. I don't know than yeah. cherry. Uh, but it, it it definitely had an interesting impact on the beer. You put the two side by side, and you you can definitely tell the difference between which one was smoked and which one was not. Yeah. Well, interesting stuff, so fun little experiment. Again, little hand smoker, so it's got a uh, little trigger, essentially a little fan gun, and a little basket in the front with a tube that uh, you light the wood chips on fire. The fan blows the smoke down the tube and into your glass or whatever you're doing. So um, pretty handy little device. little Merry Christmas gift from my father. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool thing. But yeah, it certainly worked out on this one. It'll be fun to try that with some other stuff. Um, And spirits, maybe. Yes. It'd be fun to do that. That's so. what it shows mm-hmm. on the box. Yeah. Well, I smoke cheese with it. Huh? Might, might have smoked some water. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's just called bong water, isn't it? It's just called bong water. <laughs> yeah, I could do, uh, I'd probably smoke some meats with that, right? Probably. Yeah? Yeah, you could definitely probably smoke some meat with that. Yeah, I don't know how long you have to keep it on, but. I don't know. For... Um, it didn't seem to take long for these beers, so. <laughs> I don't know how much more different it would be for the meat, and the, uh, you did cheese, so y'all already know that. Uh, yeah, that timeline. Well, so let's uh, let's jump into our next little segment here, uh, beer news. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. All right, beer news for twenty twenty two. Wow, we're already there. Twenty twenty two. I know, pretty it's amazing. crazy. Well, so uh, you enjoyed our first story. Um, Eleven nineteen Guinness released a barrel aged mint chocolate stout. Yes, ten percent by volume. I actually got that one for Christmas from you guys. Yeah, uh, very interesting beer. Um, it. I'm not sure about mint in beer, though. Um, I was thinking. When I was drinking it, I was thinking, okay, this tastes almost like a thin mint, but not quite there. And I'm wondering if that's what they were shooting for. Um, but I think that might have been just because of the the higher alcohol content. might have muted some of the stuff. Right. But then the mint itself just, I don't know that it lends itself to Guinness. Um, I don't know that mint lends itself to any beer, really. But it, it wasn't bad. 
I mean, but it, it's definitely one of those beers you that when you drink it, you're like, okay, I can drink one, but probably not more than one. Yeah. Well, so limited release. They may not do it again. So they did uh, four. It came in a four pack. Of course, you get a John's. You get it in a single. Sure. But um, but yeah, interesting little uh, spinoff. You don't see a lot of limited release stuff by Guinness that no, way. No, you really don't. Especially stuff that's kind of outside their yeah, that's their bailiwick. That's kind of way outside their wheelhouse. All right, so uh, January first of twenty twenty two. You know what happened? Mm, lots of stuff. The year changed over. Katy Perry. <laughs> oh no! In Vegas, opening her show, oh. says. I'm thirsty in the middle of her show. She's wearing a beer can bra, cracks a beer can bra, cracks one open, and drinks from her beer can bra right there on stage. Whose beer? Hers. It was in her uh, bra. No, 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 no. Whose beer, though, got to we stay don't know. in there? Because oh, like, it was like welded into the bra. So like basically there were these beer cans in the bra. <laughs> so there's all viral. All, all the kids are watching it on the, on the old TikTok and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, the beer can bra with Katy Perry. Boob beer. Yeah, we need to figure out whose beer that was. Yeah. I mean, is Katy Perry brewing beer now? <laughs> Maybe. Does she have a Katy Perry beer we don't know about? Kitty Perry beer. Kitty Perry. Kitty Perry. Interesting. There you go. Beer news, folks. 217 to 219, the Illilani Brew Festival down at, or up at the uh, Illilani yeah. Casino. So. Coming up, um, this is kind of a big deal. So uh, they've they've had it for a few years, and um, the thing over the weekend is they got a bunch of breweries showing up and serving a bunch of beers. But they're also doing like beer and food uh, tastings. They okay, have, like the Michael Jordan Steakhouse. There, they've got all their fine dining stuff. They're doing beers paired with different meals. But then they're also having a beer competition too. So, ooh, uh, two seventeen to two nineteen. Again, check it out to the Illilani Brew Fest. And then the next weekend after that is the, in theory, the Hillsbrew Fest oh, yes. by Art Lawrence and yes. uh, Teddy. So Depends on what Omicron decides to throw at us. but Yeah, so we're waiting here if that's going to be rescheduled or not. Um, but right now it appears that it's on, but they're not selling tickets, which makes me think that yeah. something's going on there. But uh, 225 to 227, the Hillsbrew Fest. Again, a bunch of Oregon beers and uh, tokens and all sorts of stuff there. So. Maybe they're creating the scarcity thing. Maybe. But. Like you can't get it till you can get it. Uh, I, I think I think this, we're going to see how this does. Does it spike at the end of January? And then of that case, yeah, they they in the clear. They, they trash it. Yeah. So. Depends. All right. So Deschutes shuts down its East Coast East Coast pub. So on twelve thirty one. At yeah. New Year's Eve, they announced Last Call in the Deschutes Pub in Roanoke, Virginia. And that was it. They shut the doors right after that. So they are no longer open on the East Coast. Deschutes shuts it down. Wow. And I'm hearing rumors about something going on with Sierra Nevada. And, wow. and again, it's tough to take your brand on the West Coast and take it to the East Coast and have people adopt it. Yeah, and I wonder if it's just a, a difference in, in taste by beer drinkers. On what they like and what they don't like. I think it's also probably regional. We've talked about this. Like, you become, you, you associate with your regional brewery, right? And if you know this right. is an Oregon brewery and it's kind of like a one-off thing, especially during COVID where times are tough and you're not necessarily going out. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think there's just it, that was an uphill battle. I think that I think that was tough for them. Right. Probably tough for Sierra Nevada. So we'll see how that pans out for those guys. All right. Well, the biggest news is the uh, one of the newest lists out lists who is the Beer City USA. Who is yeah, it? Yeah, for 2021. So when we look back into 2021, who is Beer City USA? In Any 2021. Ideas? 2021. So that plays out. You're the grand champion until uh, next, next year when they name it. Yeah. So who do you think? Number one. For 2021? 2021. City or... It's not Roanoke, Virginia. <laughs> of course not. City. City. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Number one. Total breweries in their town, 28. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. What? <laughs> Pittsburgh pulled that off? Breweries per 100,000 residents, 9.4. Wow. 28 breweries. Average number of beers per brewery, 68.5. That's a lot of beers. That's a lot of beers per brewery. Uh, bars per 100,000 residents, 29 bars for right. every. Yeah. Average price of a pint, four bucks. Oh, um, that's, they, they, they did it up price. And they got an index of 100. So they're the highest rated based upon those four factors. Those four so, factors. Yeah. yeah. Or five factors. They got a nice cheap pint. Number two, Bend, Oregon. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So total breweries, 25. Uh, to Pittsburgh's 28. Breweries per 100,000 residents, 24 to Pittsburgh to 9.4. So you get 24 breweries per 100,000. That's insane. That's pretty awesome. 89.5 as far as number of beers per brewery. Okay. So bars per 100,000, 18 bars per 100,000. <laughs> Price of a pint, 4 bucks. Score of 99.32. Number three, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Go ahead. What I find very interesting here between those two. I would love to see cost of living per city. Yeah. <laughs> you may may have a great beer city, but if you can't afford to live there to drink the beer, what good true, is it? True. Number uh, number three, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, four, Cincinnati. Um, we get down to number nine before we see Portland, Oregon. Really? Yeah. Portland, Oregon sitting at 79 total breweries. Um, looks like one of the highest. I'll give you the highest here shortly. And sitting at five dollars and seventy-five cents for a pint instead of the four bucks in Bend. Or That's interesting. I don't think I've ever paid that little for a pint. I know, I know. Portland, Maine, number ten. Oh, behind Portland, Oregon, creeping up. So let's see where good old Shittle is as we scroll down the <laughs> list. Missoula, Montana, thirteen. Oh, Columbus, Ohio, seventeen. Reno, Nevada, nineteen. Still in see Seattle. Where are you, Seattle? Uh, Knoxville, Bellingham, Washington. Wow. Of course, Skookum's at 22. Um, coming on down, not seeing them. Seattle even in the top 50? Uh, Oklahoma City, 36th. Ooh. It's tied with Spokane, Washington for 36th. All right. So Spokane, 36th. Spokane's above Seattle. I'm still not seeing Seattle. Tulsa. Tulsa, you're here. Tulsa, 38. Oklahoma, baby. Um, scrolling. Oh, 42. Number 42 on the list. Um, I know. Seattle, Washington. Oh, really? 42? Seattle? Price of a pint, seven bucks. <laughs> number of breweries in Seattle, 69. Well, that's a good number. Yeah, there you go. Got to give them that. There you go. 42. You're just above Indianapolis, Indiana. 42nd. Come on, Seattle. 
you know, make it a competition. Seattle. You got to step up the game. Yeah, and we skipped over Denver. Denver's sitting at twelve above Missoula, so Denver's at six bucks a pint. Is Bozeman even listed in there? I don't see Bozeman. Interesting, Missoula's in here. Uh, interestingly um, Eugene's enough, Eugene's in there. I read some beer stuff, and and Missoula is listed as the mecca um, as far as Montana cities go for beer. Yeah. Remember when I was in Missoula? There's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch of breweries in Missoula. So. Yeah, Bozeman, Bozeman's tough. There's really like the four or five to sit in there. Yeah, and and it's now Bos Angeles, according to a lot of places too. So well, yeah. there's that. You know what? I, they're probably invented by the Duttons. <laughs> Good old John Dutton. <laughs> Good old John Dutton. John Dutton. Hey, the uh, season finales tonight. Ooh, right for now. season four. Yeah, season four finales tonight. Wow, happening right now. As we're recording this, so that's probably a good thing because I've only watched one episode. Yep. Well, all right, there you go. Beer, best beer city, beer drinkers, and this is again according to Smart Asset. Um, they give the data methodology. We'll put the link in our uh, podcast show notes. But number one, Pittsburgh, followed by number two, Bend, Oregon. Congratulations, Bend. Congratulations. And yeah. way to way to suck so bad, Seattle. Yeah, way to <laughs> suck it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, beer news. All right, we're back. Beer news. That was interesting. Hey, our normal segment, next segment. I think it's just a bomb, dude. We're not even going to play the theme music because it's bombing so bad. That bad? Yeah, no, it's bombing. Like the kickstart, my heart. Like, yeah, there hasn't been a decent Kickstarter in like months. Month. Maybe we should start one. We should. We yeah, we should. <laughs> I, I'm not actually opposed to that. So, but I, I was digging in this thing, and and so I type in. Into the old Google machine here, um, beer Kickstarter. So yeah. generally, I get stuff that pops up, and the very first thing that pops up was beer maker, B E E R M A K R, the automatic beer making machine. Really? What? What? It's an automatic beer making machine. Basically, you buy a a pouch of gel or chisel, yeah. and then it creates beer out of it. So basically, like a Mister Coffee for beer. Yeah, essentially. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it got funded. But it was like from 2017 when I finally dug into it. Yeah, and not only that, I think Beer Maker is now out of business. Is it? I don't I don't know if it is. I know Pika Brew was. Oh, okay. Pika Brew was the I know, other one. I know one of those like auto beer maker things just it floundered and went out of business and now you can't even find parts or anything for it. Yep. Yep. No, uh I think beer maker's still around, but um, but it it was fun. So it was an From old 2017. one. 2017. So then I'm digging around on there and I'm <clears throat> looking for other good stuff. And come on, Google, step up your game. And one that was just funded, which was impressive. So literally, this just got funded in March <laughs> um, of 2020. Of 2020 um, was the Stasis Craft Brewing Technology for Homebrew. Home brewers. Ooh, stasis. and it is a glycol cooler for home brewing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the stasis uh, basically had um, with it. It said uh, in 2010, craft brew has been simplifying the home brewing process, comprising of delicious results. Are making delicious. They're introducing their glycol chiller. Huh. And so uh, it was going to actually go uh, with a bunch of their other stuff. They've got a fermenter and some other stuff they're doing. Um, it was seen in the American Homebrewers magazine, in Zimmergy, rather, in the uh, Craft Beer and Brewing magazine. Yeah. All sorts of good stuff. Um, so they were looking for this thing 
to they were looking for one hundred and eighty four thousand dollars in funding. And they they made it. And they made it with 273 backers. So, and the other thing they were doing... Probably all brewers. Is the amount to pledge... Yeah. ...was crazy. So, the very first pledge, not five bucks, not one buck... (laughs) Probably a thousand. Five ninety nine. Five hundred ninety nine or five... Yeah, five hundred ninety nine $599. Damn. And you got uh, a special Kickstarter price by going in at that price. And the second was 829 bucks. All right. And had a couple others in there. So, so, so these guys came to the plate thinking, you know, hey, we're going to swing for the fence. Go Let's big see or go what home. happens. Yeah, go big or go home. So, and they got to, they got funded. They got funded. So, um, so it's uh, it's I believe shipping and doing its thing, and they're doing what they want. But they've got glycol chilling, and I haven't looked it up. But that said, this was the second one I got. Yeah, and then the third one I I went in and looked at. <laughs> Uh, making things large on my screen. Whoa. Um, the third thing that I want in there is there was a homebrewer's dice game that looked fantastic. Yeah. And so I was like, what is this homebrewer's dice game? Because um, we've done several of these games, right? We've yeah, done beer yeah. hot pong and what other games? Like there was there was the... Uh, beer cards, beer facts. Beer card, beer facts, yeah. 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 So, so this one's called homebrewer's dice game. And the homebrewer's dice game, you can pre-order. Um, this thing also... Was funded. It had seven hundred and sixty-four backers looking for thirty-five thousand bucks. Funded from when? Two thousand nineteen. Of course. <laughs> what the hell, Google? Yeah. So, so again, there's nothing updated. Beer. I don't know what's going on with Kickstarter. If people just aren't doing stuff on Kickstarter they might these not days. Be. So we need to think about how we do this a little bit different. Yeah. Um, Debbie was saying, hey, you should look at other kind of crowdfunding sites and see. Um, and see what's going on. So one of the things that we like are the Portland Timbers yep. and the soccer team. And we yep. heard recently that uh, Timber Jim, the original mascot of and number one fan of the Portland Timbers yep. from back in the 70s or 80s and Way 90s, back. He, uh, he's lost another daughter. So um, God forbid like that ever happens to anybody, but yeah. Timber Jim's lost two daughters now. And um, so they were looking, Timber Joey, the second mascot of the Timbers, was looking at fundraising for funeral and medical bills. Yes. And um, so the first ask was like 35000 bucks, and easily made it. The Timbers fans supported that. Yeah. Um, and now they've gone back out and asked for $65,000. And I think they're just a hair short of that $65,000 at the time of the recording. But um, if you're a fan, certainly visit um, GoFundMe. And type in Timber Joey, um, and you'll find his uh, GoFundMe that he's doing for Timber Jim. Timber Jim. To support Timber Jim. So, but type in Timber Joey, and you'll see the Portland Timbers um, uh, fan base basically doing a fundraiser to support Timber Jim and his daughter's funeral expenses. So, right. Again, thoughts and prayers for you, Timber Jim, and, and, well done, Timber Joey, by trying to take care of, a, again, your mentor, your protege, and somebody we all hold dear, Timber Timber Jim. Right. So that's where we'll leave uh, this week's, I guess, Kickstarter for now. So, <laughs> And then we'll start looking around at, like, Etsy and some of these other things. See so. what else we can find yeah. in crowdfunding sources. There's all sorts of cool stuff on Etsy when I type it in. and um, But one thing we've done in the past is looking at homebrew fr- finds. Yes. So... Uh, the number top five things or top seven things right now on this second uh, that um, that you can go on to homebrew funds right now. So these are the top 
top gifts, the top deals that you can do. Okay. Right now, right this second. Food and Wine Magazine. You get a one-year print subscription for five bucks right now if you jump on. For Food and Wine. Food and Wine Magazine. All right. Okay. Inch and a half tri-clamps. Ooh, inch and a half? How much? Inch and a half tri-clamps with half-inch uh, female pipe threads. 11 bucks right now. Plus free prime ship, so it's on Amazon. Wow. So that's a screaming deal. That dude. is a screaming deal. Yeah. Uh, last call, Chillzilla Counterflow Work Chiller. If you don't have a work chiller, the Chillzilla is the way to go. That's $129.99. You're saving 90 bucks, almost 100 bucks off right now. That's crazy. If you go on there. Um, so that's a that's one of the big, big deals going on right now on homebrew finds. A 10 by 4 stainless steel hop, ca- uh, hop spider is 13 bucks right now. All right. So a hop spider, that's a pretty good deal for stainless steel, and that's a pretty big uh, hop spider. That's a, that is a big hop spider. Matches Black Friday. Let's see, the Barley Crusher Malt Mill. If you don't have a malt mill, $119.99 for one. You're basically saving about 40 bucks. And then there's a 7.9-gallon fermenter with transfer spigot for 20 bucks right now. 20 bucks? 20 bucks for a transfer with a transfer spigot. That's crazy. So essentially, this is more beer's brew bucket uh, with a transfer spigot on it. Oh, so it's a plastic okay. bucket. So okay. still 20 bucks is not bad for a plastic bucket no. with the fermenter on top and all that type, or the uh, airlock on top and yeah. all that. So, but yeah, there you go. Not there's uh, our top homebrew finds right now at this second. So if you go to homebrew finds, go on the right side and hit top homebrew deals, you can always check their top deals. Pretty awesome thing. All right. I'm still tasting that smoke, my friend. Yeah, it's oh, making you cough. You, yeah, you need I'm to go empty. smoke a couple beers. I done cleaned them up. All right. Well, so uh, what's going on homebrew-wise? What, you had a hell of a homebrew day. Oh, my God. So I, I think my my 2021 build-up to the, the all the Christmas beers that I was doing to give out at Christmas just went a little too smooth for the beer God's liking. Because um, I started my first batch of 2022, I decided to try a brand new recipe, um, and it, it felt great about it last night. Got it all designed. Got up this morning, started brewing, and everything that could go wrong with brewing went wrong. Literally everything um, did not hit the original gravity that I needed. Uh, for some odd reason, I have no idea why something in efficiency or conversion didn't didn't happen the way it was supposed to. So then I had to dump a bunch of DME in there to try and get it up, and thought I was there, and I still don't think I made it. Um, then I had a hot break issue going on where it was pushing a lot of hot break out of the the um, the my all-in-one. So I took the lid off, and it had filled the bubbler with a, a dark liquid. So I had to take that upstairs, clean that out, brought it back down, put it on, forgot to try clamp it, and another another hot break happened. So oh, I shit. moved the lid, off went the the tri clamp attachment, took the bubbler with it. I was using a glass bubbler, so it shattered that all over the floor. Um, luckily, luckily. I still had a plastic one uh, in my backup kit, so I got to use that. Got done with all that and tried to cool it off. Doesn't want to cool off. Just doesn't want to drop temperature. I'm just fighting it. Nothing can go easy today. Yeah, it's like the beer didn't want to be brewed. And what are you brewing today? Um, I am brewing a take of 
the white stout that I've done several times, except this time I'm, I'm making it not a white stout. I'm just making it a coffee stout, but with only two grains, um, both Mecca grade grains, Opal 44 and Opal 22, uh, just to see what that tastes like and, and to see if I could get the color. And sure enough, I definitely have the color, um, but I'm not sure about the taste. It the the wort's tasting a little bitter, um, and it was tasting a little bitter even before I put in the hop addition. So I'm not sure how this one's going to turn out. Interesting. I'm looking uh, as, as you're talking about that. I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on homebrew wise on Etsy. Yeah, they're selling a bottle of diacetyl. What? <laughs> Somebody's selling a bottle of diacetyl, one liter of diacetyl. Why would you want butter? I have no idea. But you can order it. says, odor is sweet, creamy, buttery, pungent, and a, <laughs> with a caramelic, I don't even know what that word, caramelic nuisance. <laughs> They're making that shit up. Infragrance diacetyl is a strong, sweet scent for butters and creamy caramels. Huh. We recommend this material uh, is used as a 1% dilution, soluble in alcohol, fixed oils, and glycerin. So this is straight 500 grams of diacetyl. Straight up. 33 bucks for this diacetyl. So somebody's taking this off of their beers. How the hell? So 33 bucks for a can of diacetyl. We need to figure out how they captured how that. They, how they capturing diacetyl, dude? That's nice. What the holy heck? Well, hey, that that's somebody that just upped the game. I mean, they're capturing off flavors and off gassing and somehow they're scraping diacetyl off i, didn't I don't think get you it could, but like i didn't think you could either that's uh, some crazy crazy crap right there that's so. pretty impressive yep i agree i agree so what are you gonna do pour it on your waffles in the morning I'm a, I, I well i clicked on it and i was like is somebody adding that to beer <laughs> like what is the use for that and when i clicked it open it was like oh yeah you can use this for perfume and i'm like oh you want to put butter on you for perfume why yeah. not just take a stick of margarine and just, just rub, rub it? it on yeah yeah what are you doing like, <laughs> this is terrible <laughs> terrible ideas so. oh well, craziness in this world so oh diacetyl all right well so we've got um we've got some great stuff coming up so in the new year and gary's got the hiccups so um, we have an interview with Art Lawrence that we recorded uh, a couple weeks ago, yeah. and um, so that look for that on the next podcast episode coming up. And we will uh, again part of our legacy series. Learn all about kind of the foundations of Art Lawrence and brewing, and where he was, and what he's been doing, and um, and then we are planning again to continue the legacy series going into 2022. So yeah, should be fun stuff there. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, we are supposed to be doing a part two with Art Lawrence as well. We are. He's yeah. he invited us over to to carry on that conversation. So, uh, but with that, um, I think we'll close it out for the week, and for sure, come back next week uh, with something new and entertaining. Yes, and um, kind of go from there. So, with that, we'll close it out. Happy New Year to you all! Thanks for making 2021 was great. And uh, Tim Beers. Tim Beers. Thanks for listening to the Portland Tim Beers Podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers Podcast on ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers. Tim Beers.